It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Ross Christ. Happy Tuesday to everyone out there. Ross Christ with you up until 7 o'clock. This is the Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting. Welcome to today's show. We got a lot of exciting sports news to dish out to you over the next hour. There's a new format for football in the ACC. We're going to dive into that one. We're going to discuss which teams have it easier than the others because I believe there are some easier paths to the ACC championship. The Reds will take on the Cubbies tonight at 8.05. You can listen to the first pitch here on 97.1 WATH throughout the duration of that three-game series. Deshaun Watson heads to the arbitrator today as the NFL is reportedly trying to ask for a season's-long suspension for the Cleveland Browns' starting quarterback. And Wimbledon is in full swing. So we'll see what happens out there on the grass courts in England and, of course, we have our surefire hot picks of the evening and our trivia question of the night. And speaking of surefire hot picks of the evening, the man that's giving you the hot picks this week, Mr. Carl Blaylock, is here. Carl, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, pretty good. The key to giving hot picks is to go against your gut. That's what I found. <laughs> you, you, you said it correctly last night. I believe it was the Oakland A's going against the New York Yankees, the run rule, the run Limit was about eight and a half in this one? Yes, eight and a half. I said bet the over. Final score, 9-5. That's 14. And boy, the Yankees did that themselves, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They uh, really found a way to... They, they had a big, I believe, seventh inning where they scored like six or seven runs that won them that game. Well, we'll see if you can keep it going tonight. I lost. I picked the Pittsburgh Pirates going against the Washington Nationals. They had the lead up until... The eighth inning when the Nationals hit a two-run dinger to win this one 3-2 in the nation's capital. Let's go into some of the sports news today, Carl, because there's some news coming out of the ACC, isn't there? Yes, there is. Uh, in 2023, the ACC will adopt a 3-5-5 football scheduling model, and all 14 schools will compete in one division. Basically, that means that they're going to get rid of divisions. Teams will play three annual uh, three set opponents every year and face the other 10 teams twice in a four-year cycle, once at home and once in the road. So basically you're going to have the three teams that you are guaranteed to play every year. Uh, for example, let's say for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's locked opponents are Boston College, Syracuse's Virginia Tech. They're going to play them every year. And aside from that, you're going to have... There's 10 teams aside outside of that. One year, you're going to play five of those teams. The other year, you're going to play the other five teams that you haven't played the previous year. And then you're going to play the same five teams you play. And so that's going to be in 2023 and 2024. In 2025, you're going to play the same teams you played in 2023 uh, out of the open part of the schedule. But you're going to switch who plays home and away. And same thing with the 2024 teams in 2026. So to break it down, you're going to have, if you're an ACC fan or you just like college football and you want to understand this, that how this new shakeup is happening, it seems like every year we have a shakeup of some sort, the ACC, your team, or the team you're following or the team you're watching is going to have the same three opponents each year, and then they're going to rotate a series of five every other year. So... If you're a Louisville fan, you're going to be placing Georgia Tech, Miami, and Virginia. Those are going to be your three opponents year in, year out, and then they're going to switch in the other ACC opponents and rotate them in. Now, do we like it or don't we like it? I'm going to tell you what, Carl. I like it. I'll tell you why. Because in college football nowadays, it seems like the landscape is changing ever so quickly. And you need to keep your fans' attention. The moment you're not keeping your fans' attention is the moment sponsors start to think, maybe this isn't the league for me, and this is when schools start to jump leagues, jump, you know, jump ship, 
and join another league, maybe the SEC, maybe the Big Ten, maybe something like this. So I think that these league administrators right now are just trying to figure out ways to make their league more clever than the best so that the sponsorship dollars come in, thus keeping the better teams in that league. So what the ACC is doing here is something kind of innovative, kind of new, hasn't really been done before, and it's going to create some new rivalries, won't it? Because you know you're going to be facing these same teams. So you're going to, I mean, if you're a Miami fan, you're going to have some disdain already for BC, FSU, and Louisville. And I also like, it seems like they kept some of the big rivalries in there. So North Carolina is playing Duke. Miami is playing FSU. Um, who else do we have that out there? Pitt, Syracuse, you could somewhat say is a rivalry. Clemson, uh, Clemson, North Carolina, they're going to be playing against each other. Clemson, I, I NC that, State, you should yeah, say. NC State, yes, NC State. I mean, they're, those are two teams that have had quite a few very good games over the last few years. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I love it. Carl, you like it or no? I The thing I like the most about this is the fact that you're going to play every single team. You're going to play every single team every other year. Right. It, there's no more hiding like what you used to. Like what you had, for example, in the SEC. You had in the SEC where you had basically Georgia and Alabama played, what, once? you got to wait 12 years, I think. Yeah. Like 12 years in between when they play each other in the regular conference season. And I like also it, it's going down to the, the league win percentage. The, the top two, doesn't matter who they are or, you know, what teams that they're playing. It's your win percentage at the end of the year, and boom, you move to the ACC championship. Yeah, and I, I think another thing is a lot of these people, it's going to help with recruiting because it used to be like, say, for example, you're recruiting a three-star to try to come to, uh, I don't know, say Virginia. You're trying to get a three-star to come to Virginia. How are you going to sell them to come to Virginia when the Coastal, you know, the ACC Coastal is, has just been a special division for like the last 10 years. They've literally, I, I, the last, they've had seven different winners the last seven years of the Coastal. It's, it's honestly impressive. Uh, every single team in that division has won a championship in the last few years. I mean, you even saw it with Wake Forest last year so you're going to see a lot of that but you know you got virginia there you know they're not going to be guaranteed to play clemson every year before this you know how are you going to get the recruits to go because when you have most of the very good teams like clemson florida state miami all of those louisville even they're all in the atlantic they're all on the other side of the division the other division. How are you gonna? How are you gonna recruit people to say, "Hey, look, we're going to Clemson." You know, that's a bit. That's a bit of a rough way to do that. Compared to now, you could say you are gonna play in Depth Valley. You're gonna play in Depth Valley once every four years because per four-year class, you're gonna play in every ACC stadium there is, and I think that's awesome. And that, that's something that I haven't seen very many people bring up, but that's a huge recruiting tool. That's a huge recruiting tool for some of these smaller colleges, you know, some of the smaller ones that are on the opposite division of Clemson it used to be. You know, you play everybody. You're going to play in every single stadium. And I, I think that part is awesome. Certainly a benefit for the players. I mean, as we know, less than 1% of the players will make it to the NFL. So getting to play in all of the ACC stadiums will be something uh, memorable for them. If you are a Pittsburgh fan, I'll tell you why this is good for you, because, well, you just have the easiest schedule. Boston College, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech have won a total of 38% of their Power 5 games in the playoff era. If you're a Georgia Tech fan, you're not liking this little shakeup, because going against Clemson, Louisville, and Wake Forest, well, that's a combined 60% of the wins in the playoff era. era. So, yeah. I think if you're an administrator from either of those two teams, you're either happy or sad with this, this new alignment. But we'll see which way this one uh, plays out. I think an important thing as well is it uh, stops as much as what they had of, um, you know, 
rivalries that weren't protected but were uh, between different members of divisions. Like, the one that jumps out to my mind is North Carolina and Wake Forest. Where Remember a few years ago where North Carolina and Wake Forest played a non-conference game? They yeah. just scheduled to play each other because they had a rivalry. But the way the ACC scheduling yeah, worked, they didn't get to play. Yeah. They, they, they didn't play for, like, a while. And so they just decided, you know what, we're just going to schedule it ourselves. Well, we'll see more of the rivalries back in the mix with this new format uh, that will be unveiled in 2023. So I, I'm interested, Ross, uh, with Big Ten. You know, say the Big Ten goes to this. They'd have to work around a little bit because with nine conference games compared to eight conference games uh, with the uh, with the ACC's only got eight, Big Ten's got nine conference games. But, you know, who, who, who would you want to see be Ohio State's locks? Like, what would some of the locks be you in the have, Big Ten? You have to have Michigan. Yes. I, I mean, that is... People would lose their mind. Oh, they would. No, they, they, that's, they'd obviously put Michigan in there. Michigan, uh, Penn State, I mean, that's a, that's, a big, that's a big game. I just don't think it's going to work over there. I, I think you're going to have too many teams. And then you throw in, like, maybe an Illinois as the third yeah, team. Yeah, you got because, because then you have, I mean, if you're an Ohio State fan, then you're saying, oh, well, I mean, we got Michigan, we got Penn State. Those are basically the three best teams in the entire conference so they probably got the low end of that straw if they were to do it like that but i mean that that's i mean you're going to look like look at the acc the acc's obviously been all over the place over the last few years but i mean you could make a case that like with clemson clemson's playing at least two maybe three very very good teams with their primary opponents i mean they're playing florida state obviously haven't been what they used to be under jimbo fisher but they still have that prestige, plus that's a rivalry with Clemson. You got Georgia Tech, which, again, is, you know, a very they've, – they've, they've put together some solid teams over the last few years. And NC State, who I've seen some people hyping up incredibly to be one of the best teams in the ACC this year. And I'm sure that's going to continue throughout. So, I, I mean, you could say the same thing for Clemson. You're, you're going to have these big schools where everybody wants to play them. I, I, I think the perfect – think for me if, if I was Ohio State I think the four teams that I would have for the locks would be obviously Michigan Penn State Indiana and let's go uh, Illinois Indiana Illinois Th those would be the four I'd choose yeah that, I mean you have two walkthrough games right there then two hard games and then you get to rotate in the others is what you're saying exactly yeah I don't know if they'll do it. I don't think they do it. I, I think they'll do something. I, I think they'll do something because it looks like everybody's kind of moving away from divisions. And if you look, like, when's the last time? I can't think once, not once, since they got out, since they quit doing the legend leaders stuff in 2014. There's been, like, maybe one or two games where the West team has even put up a competent fight <laughs> against the against the. Eastern Championship. I, I can think of it. I, two games. Two games I can think of. 2017, when Wisconsin came in undefeated and lost to Ohio State. I believe that was 27-21, the final there. And the Ohio State-Northwestern game in 2020, where Northwestern, you know, Northwestern's defense held them in there until Trey Sermon completely ran away with it. And I think Ohio State won that game 23-10. Sounds about right. Um... So I think divisions are gone. The question is, do you go to pods, like what the SEC is talking about, where you have you play a set four teams, and then you know geographically that makes sense, and then you go on from there, or do you go like the ACC, where I mean it's it's kind of like pods, what they have there, but it it's the three five five system where you know you're just playing three. You play, have three locked opponents, and you rotate the other five. Uh, I mean, I think for the SEC, they're probably going to go pods because there's not really an easy way to go through all the, uh, all the teams when you have as many, you know, when you have 16 teams. I don't know unless they 
maybe they go with a maybe they're going to go with a uh, maybe they go maybe they go with uh, nine conference games starting they have they've never done that they 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 keep that they keep that random week sacred but I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how uh, other conferences move on and how they schedule things, especially some of these really big conferences where you're going to get rid of divisions. Divisions seem like they're dying, but where are you going to put? Where are you going to put them? Where are you going to put everybody else? And the uh, where are you going to? How are you going to sort out the scheduling? You don't want to lose rivalries like you know, say for Alabama, if they did something like this three five five. You know, I, I would imagine it'd probably be LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee. But I mean, what what are you going to have for that? You know, there's there's a lot of different things, and you don't want to ruin those rivalries. And you know, have them to where, you know, you have the worry about these rivalries dying because they're not being played every year. Commissioners certainly have their work cut out for them. Uh, in the upcoming years and the ever-changing landscape of college sports and college football, especially with NIL deals and players getting a bit more say in their future, and that's only going to increase. They're not going to be taking power away from the players. We're about to see more and more power go to the players in the coming years. The Big 12 made a splash today. They targeted Brett Yormack as their next commissioner. Now, I don't expect anyone to really know who this guy is. I certainly didn't until I read this news report. But he is the COO of Jay-Z's Rock Nation. So he's going to be coming over to be the Big 12 commissioner. And this guy has no college football experience. So what does that tell me? Well, it tells me that the Big 12 and the rest of the college football atmosphere and landscape is changing and it's changing fast. Because this guy is coming in from a CEO of Rock Nation and uh, everything that Jay does, Jay Z does from a licensing division, so he understands these type of deals that college players are now making, and they're going to put him at the head of one of the most powerful conferences in college sports. In hopes, I would think that players would want that as their commissioner, a guy that understands the type of deals that they're going to be trying to get into while they are playing college sports. So this could be a big, big hire for them, and it be, could be a big win for college players. I think it will. I, I think we'll yeah. see. I think it's going to be a really good um, thing for the Big 12 because, I mean, let's remember, this time last year we're sitting there worrying, is the Big 12 going to survive uh, with the rumors swirling that Texas and Oklahoma were going to be leaving? Are they going to cannibalize themselves? Is the American going to be the new Big 12? Are they going to fall into the abyss like what the Big East did? The last round of conference realignment all the way back in 2010, 2011, uh, up into 2013. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that. I, I think it's either going to be a very good... Like, obviously, from the licensing perspective, it's going to be a good hire. But does he have enough football savvy to where he can make it work on the football end of things? I think is going to be the important thing. And we're going to see how that works. I mean, the Big 12 is still not completely out of the water yet. But, I mean, you got to – they are losing the two biggest brands they have in their conference in Oklahoma and Texas. So it's not a guarantee they're going to stick around as a – power conference i mean i'm sure they will in basketball for certain but in football that might be a little bit of a worry do they slip down to where the pac-12 is right now where the pac-12 is in the purgatory to where i'd say they're the sixth best conference in the land they're they're behind the american and i think they might even be behind the sunbelt some weeks uh so you really gotta you really gotta look at that and see if the football savvy will work out as well but i mean it, it it's it's a risky hire for a conference that is really really pushing to find new ways to where they can get back up on top because currently they're not i don't know if i ever told you this carl but i actually <clears throat> had the chance to work in college sports i worked for about two and a half years for bryant university in their athletic department so i got to see the inside of what a division one athletic department kind of goes through 
Uh, Bryant located in the Northeastern Conference. However, they just moved conference as they well. Moved the CAA, yeah. right? CAA, yes. But when I was there, they were in the Northeast. But to go along with the comment of, uh, I don't know if he has enough football experience, I'm going to side on the fact that you don't necessarily need it to be a leader of something that big. Because even in the small little Division I college school I worked for, the athletic director at the time still is, Bill Smith, surrounded himself with amazing people, assistant athletic directors, associate athletic directors, directors, managers, that, and coaches, assistant coaches, compliance officers, that really, really kind of run the nuts and bolts of an athletic department. Um, so, you know, when it came time to big decisions, of course he would have the ultimate say, but these people were the ones making the decisions. And I think this guy's going to probably have some great advisors behind him, and his whole entire objective will be NIL, NIL licensing, trying to get these big-name players to these schools. So we'll see how he works out. I wish him the best. Brett Yormack, set to be the next commissioner of the Big 12. We never got you our sports fan trivia question of the evening. Feel free to dial in. We want to hear from you. The, the lines are open 740 592-6646. I think I have an easy question for this Tuesday. Dial in if you think you know it. We'll get you on the air. Javelin and this sport are the only two sports to ever be played on the moon. Javelin and this sport are the only two sports to ever be played on the moon. If you think you know that answer, dial in. 740-592-6646. We will crown you the smartest person in southeastern Ohio through sports fan, sports fan trivia. Carl, is this a hard one? No. Uh, for me, it's not. I, I've known about this for a while. I didn't know they did javelin on the moon, though. Well, that, that and is there you have it. There you have it. It is an easy one. So, please, please dial in. When we come back, you want to talk about the uh, Cleveland Browns next here, Carl? Sure. All right, we'll talk about the Cleveland Browns and their ever-going saga of who will be playing quarterback. This is Ryan Jewell, owner of Precision Tree Experts, located in Athens, Ohio. For 10 years, we have proudly served Southeast Ohio with professional, residential, and business tree care. We offer complete tree removal and trimming, land clearing, and complete brush removal. For a free estimate, contact me at 740-517-8803 or find us on Facebook at Precision Tree Cuts. Remember, Precision Tree Experts LLC. We will get to the root of your problems. Fully insured, qualified line arborist available. Call 740-517-8803. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba, please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Athens County cares about you. I'm Micah. Join me Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 on Classic Hits 970 AM and 971 FM WATH for discussions about essential information for seniors, such as nutrition, caregiving, mental health, Medicare, and all other relevant topics for seniors in Athens County and the surrounding areas. Athens County Cares, a project of United Seniors of Athens County, Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 a.m. on WATH. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. What's happening in southeastern Ohio? Ross and Carl with you up until 7 o'clock. Just broke down the new ACC football schedule, but we're going to turn our attention to professional football now because the moment is finally here. The day of reckoning has finally come, if you want to look at it like that, because the Cleveland Browns quarterback, Deshaun Watson, their newly signed quarterback, traded 
from the Houston Texans heads into his disciplinary hearing today. Allegations surrounding him, a potential sur suspension surrounding him. The hearing should last, oh, they're just going to say between around three to four days. They, uh, I think they upped it. I'm looking at stuff right now, and it's looking like the, uh, uh, what's the word? Su uh, Judge Sue L. Robinson, I don't remember what exactly her title is. But it's arbitrator. It's I believe arbitrator. Yes, that's that's what it is. Um, there, she's expecting it to last several days. So that makes it sound like this might be a week or two long ordeal. Well, we'll see where it goes. I mean, so then the other rumors coming out of the NFL that the NFL is going to be pushing for at least a one-year suspension. I'm not sure if any of those rumors are true. Uh, who, kno who knows what the NFL wants to do? Uh, because this is one of their superstars. There could be two sides to that coin that say maybe the NFL wants him out there, but at the same time they have to be hard on him. But he's certainly going to be fighting to have definitely not a year, definitely not half a year, maybe no well, game suspended. I've seen, yeah, the, what I've seen is what I saw, because uh, I was talking about this with some people this morning, and from what I saw with it, the, NL, the NFL... Players Association is going for zero games. And when I saw that originally, I'm sitting there like, we got to ask some questions about that. Why is, why is the NFL Players Association looking for zero games? And when, the, when you actually completely look at it, you understand, begin to understand why. I, I don't think by the NFL Players Association, the NFLPA saying, hey, we want zero games for Deshaun Watson, that's not, that's not them saying, he did nothing wrong. They're comparing it to what happened with owners Dan Snyder of the Washington Commanders, their owner, and Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. And Robert Kraft is a very obvious thing here because with Robert Kraft, he got, he got caught, uh, if you remember, I think it was two or three years ago, he got caught in a shady... Massage uh, parlor. Yes, I remember. Having some illicit stuff ha happening there. And he didn't, you know, nothing happened of it. You know, he got charged criminally, but, you know, he just made bond and, you know, nothing. Had, had nothing to do with it. And the NFLPA is sitting there and going like, all right, he was okay. Nothing happened to him from the league. Look at Dan Snyder. Look at all the seedy stuff he's done over the last years. Nothing happened to him. Watson's okay. Watson shouldn't have anything happen to him either. It's a double standard because he's a player and not an owner. And in that regard, you got to agree with them to where something should be ha something should happen, you know, to Robert Kraft. I mean, obviously, I think something's going to happen to Snyder eventually, but you know, something should have happened to Kraft more for that. But you know, y y that that's the NFLPA's case on why they don't want that's the union's case for it they don't want any suspensions because those two owners didn't get anything didn't get any anything from the league so why should watson and so that makes a bit of sense why they want that but it also makes sense why uh the nfl wants a full year because some some of the details from these lawsuits are downright disgusting and very very wrong you know, it, it's, it's stuff to where he should be suspended for this, but the NFL is setting a double standard for it. And I, I would agree that I think he should be out for a year. There's even some Browns fans I've talked to who thinks he should be out for a year. And I, I think the big thing is how much, and we got to remember who the owner is too. We got to remember that um, Jimmy Haslam, the Haslams are the owners of the Browns, They're, they they have done some back some backroom dealings before uh, with with their energy companies. Uh, they had they bribed the Ohio Secretary of State or Speaker of the House, Ohio Speaker of the House, a few years ago. And so that's something to where I, I think there's a lot of different things, I, and I would love to be a fly in the wall on these hearings. I, there are reasons why this is going to take multiple days because it, it, it is a full-blown court case pretty much. 
it's basically a full-blown court case going what the the PAs the unions regard of it is why are they rules for thee or why are they rules for ye but not for thee basically compared to the NFL's version of it is you know he did all these wrong things he should be suspended for it I mean you've got you've got established with it already with some other cases I mean Zeke got Zeke got what suspended eight games for nothing back in 2017 2018 I mean he they had like a false allegation that was proven to be false I I believe I believe it was proven that it was made up I was in Columbus when that broke and I mean it was they pretty much had it to where nothing actually happened nothing nothing criminally happened to him nothing civilly happened to him there were no lawsuits there were no criminal cases nothing and yet he still ended up getting eight games so it would make sense for the NFL to suspend him for a year just like you know because you don't want you don't want him to be suspended for less than a year when you already have somebody who bet on games even though it was for his own team he bet on games he gets a year if somebody who you know sexually has sexual misconduct allegations he gets less than a year sexual misconduct is worse than or sexual misconduct is better than you know betting on your own team betting on your own team's worse than that is that the message you want to show no and i think that's part of the reason why the nfl wants that but then you also have the haslam's coming in to where they paid a fully guaranteed absolutely i mean they paid too much for them they got nervous that they weren't going to have their quarterback especially after baker said uh-uh i'm done you're not going to throw me away like a plaything, and then when you don't get the thing that you want, you're not going to just pick me back up. They, they, they panicked at that, and they gave literally a blank check to Deshaun Watson, and now they're having to reap what they're sowing, and I, I, think, I think there is going to be a little, uh, quite a bit of influence in the league office from the Haslam sitting there going, please protect my investment, only suspend them 10 games or something like that. They're going to want to keep it to... At the most, I don't think Haslam wants it to be over a year. Anything over that, I think he's going to be very upset at. Well, the NFL has proven time after time that they don't really have consistency when it comes to this stuff. One person will get suspended for some odd games. Some people won't get suspended. Some will get a fine. It always comes down to these arbitrators now, and then they get their say on what's going to happen with the player. It's going to be interesting, though, because Watson's attorney... Rusty Harden definitely is going to argue that there is the double standard that Carl was talking about between the NFL and the owners. And currently right now, the owners basically aren't subject to the same type of discipline that the players get. And I believe that this case is now going to bring that up in the next CBA. Because you've seen what Jerry Jones has done uh, with allegedly bothering a child outside of wedlock, then paying the child not to tell anyone. You've seen what's happened with Dan Schneider. We've seen what's happened with Robert Kraft in the massage parlor. Uh, so I think this is going to open the floodgates now on owners because this is such a highly publicized case, and owners should not get off scot-free when they do something wrong because they are part of this whole entire cog that is called the NFL. Now, in terms of Mr. Watson, what's going to happen with him? My gut says that Sue Lewis Robinson, the judge looking over this case, is going to recommend at least a year. That's my gut. I could be wrong. He could come out and be starting on week one. I think Watson is sitting out this year. An interesting Carl thing Carl brought up as well is, Baker Mayfield, they threw him to the trash. Well, he's actually not thrown to the trash yet. He still is, technically, a Cleveland Brown. There and was a report today I saw where he said both sides have moved on. Both sides have moved on, but he is under contract for Cleveland right now. That is who he is employed by. He's not employed by anyone else. He's not a free agent. They have not cut him. They have not found a trade partner. I, in my heart of hearts, believe the Cleveland Brown administration right now 
is waiting to see what happens at this hearing. And if he gets suspended for a year, they're going to try to reconcile with Baker Mayfield for at least one year. And we'll see. But media caught up with Baker. He's been quite quiet since all of this fiasco between Deshaun Watson getting traded there from the Houston Texans, arriving in Cleveland, happened, and now seemingly the Browns showing him the door. This was one of his first interviews since that's happened. Let's have a listen in. I mean, is it a little unfair that you still don't kind of know where you're going or what's going to be happening? Um, I think, you know, I think I got frustrated with it not happening before, uh, you know, like minicamp and all those things. Uh, but that's, that's the stuff that's out of my control. And so, you know, let those things happen and, and fall into place. And so right now I'm just controlling what I can and, and enjoying this. Would there be any chance of reconciliation there? No, I, I think for that to happen, there would have to be some reaching out. But uh, we're, we're ready to move on, I think, on both sides. As Carl said, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield ready to move on. Where will he play next year? Ooh. Your guess is as good as mine. I, I'm saying Carolina or Seattle might trade for him if an injury happens or something. Some other NFL news here, Carl. I know. Are you a, are you Buckeyes? Yeah. Are you a Buckeyes guy? Okay. Bit of a Buckeyes lukewarm guy. Buckeyes. That's how I am. Okay. Well, I'm lukewarm. I don't know your, your level of love for the Buckeyes, but I still got a little bit of love for them. Former Buckeye Terry McClellan getting the biggest signing bonus ever today for a wide receiver, getting $28 million from the Washington Commanders, which trumps DeAndre Hopkins' $27.5 million he got in 2020. This is a guy, Terry McClellan, easily their best target, signing a three-year extension worth up to $71 million. But I was looking at a stat line. Here, Carl, and I trust me. I know Washington hasn't had the best people throwing his uh, throwing the ball to him, but only 77 receptions to get the highest-paid signing bonus ever. When I say only, that puts you for 24th in the league. Don't you think you should be in top 10 to get this astronomical amount of money? Well, you need that much money to stay in Washington. I think that's the big thing. You know, why, why would you want to stay in Washington? The, the organization currently is getting investigated by Congress. Yeah, why, you're right. Why would you want to stay in Washington? You're going to need $30 million for that. I mean, he is he, he's a solid wide receiver. I think a little bit of that is partially a little bit with injuries, why he struggled a little bit, not to mention, you know, who, who has he had throwing, you know. He's not going to have – he's still not going to have a great quarterback now. He's got Carson Wentz to throw at him. and. Carson Wentz. Oh, no. Trust me. As a Colts fan, you do not like Carson Wentz being <laughs> your quarterback. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. I, I, I think it's a solid deal because you keep your, your high-profile target in long-term uh, in Washington. But, I mean, you know, $28 million of signing bonus, that's $28 million of signing bonus. That's, that's if it. anything, it's just liquidation so that, you know, it makes his team, you know, it's liquidation by Snyder. He's, he's getting rid of money to where he can, uh, before he's, I hope, forced to sell the team. He won't be forced to sell the team. He'll, we'll be, he'll, he'll leave that team in a body bag. Ross and Carl with you up until 7 o'clock. We're going to take a short break, then we're going to preview the Revs going against the Cubbies. Don't forget tonight's trivia question. Javelin and this sport are the only two sports played on the moon. If you know this one, 740-592-6646. We want to hear from you. When we come back, it's the Reds going against the Cubbies. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Are you dreaming of something greater? A college degree, job skills, a rewarding career. The Ohio Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. The Ohio National Guard Scholarship Program could pay 100% of your college tuition. You're eligible for the scholarship as soon as you enlist. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving in the Ohio Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. This is the Sports Fan on 970. 
W-A-T-H. Welcome back. This is The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ross and Carl with you all the way up until 7 o'clock. Tonight's trivia question is, Javelin in this sport are the only two sports to ever be played on the moon. We have a caller in now. Hi, who are we speaking with? Welcome to The Sports Fan. Wayne Horsley. The answer is golf. That's right, Wayne. Ding, ding, ding. You are the sports fan trivia king of the evening. You a golf fan at all, Wayne? Yep. All right, good. You you like this new Live Golf or no? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. PGA, PGA Tour loyalist. Yep. Well, Wayne, we thank you for calling in. Where are you calling in from? Uh, the Plains. All right, home of Joey B. All right, Wayne, thanks for all your continued support. Listen in tomorrow as we will give out tomorrow's trivia question and you can reclaim the title all right thank you very much wayne getting that one right okay really quick because this show has just gone so fast we got one more break before we get to our sure fire hot picks of the evening reds going against the cubbies tonight first pitch at 805 it's the fourth place team versus the fifth place team. I will tell you why this means something for the Reds. If they sweep the Cubbies, they will be out of the cellar of the NL Central. Luis Castillo going up on the mound, going against the Cubs, Keegan Thompson. Carl, you got any face in Luis? Um, eh, I think he'll be okay. He's looked so far this, this decent so far this year, 3.71 ERA. But I, I think there's going to be a lot more than just Reds fans watching this game, Reds and Cubs fans watching this game. Uh, I've seen a lot of rumors on Twitter this year, or uh, this year, this week, today even, to where they believe that uh, they're going to be, this could be Luis Castillo's last game in a Reds jersey. They think that's a very high chance that they're going to be able to get a deal done before his next Ooh. Start. I, I don't know with who. I haven't seen with who. I've just seen that a lot of people think that Luis Castillo is about to be traded by the Reds. And, I mean, it's going to be a shame. He, over the summers, he's been an incredible pitcher. He just could never figure out. He could never figure out warm weather. He'd be, you know, you know who he'd be really good for as much as I'd hate to see him there? Where? The Dodgers. Wow. He would be a great pitcher for the Dodgers. Uh, but, but we'll see. I, I think that... Uh, I think that he'll be good enough with the Reds. He's, he's going against Keegan Thompson, who he has a 3.10 ERA, and he's 7-2 and two on the year. So I, I think that the, the important thing for the Reds is getting their bats together. If they can get their bats started, they should win this game. Also, I'm surprised at how much tickets are for this. I mean, I know the Cubs aren't doing this good, aren't very good this year either, but $24 for, the Wrigley, or $24 for Wrigley Field? Got to get out there, get to the north side of Chicago. I'm looking for to see, I believe the last time these two teams faced each other, there was a bit of chin music, and Joey Votto voiced his displeasure. And it seemed like the teams were a little bit chippy at one another. Maybe there's no love lost. We'll see what happens with this one. Certainly it won't be what we saw the other night between the Angels and the Mariners. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Carl and I are going to be giving you free money basically what we're going to be giving you is the surefire hot picks of the evening we're going to tell you what we think will win with the bookies man i love my kids so much i once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch your soccer team lose by 18 goals i love my kids so much i once used a tube to suck snot out of a stuffed nose at 3 a.m you win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Kim, and this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's, it's not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... 
Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970-WATH to make it happen. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. What's happening, Sports Nuts? Ross and Carl with you for the next eight minutes. This is the Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting. All right. This is how we finish off every show. It's the surefire hot picks of the evening. Well, I was on fire for a while, but then I lost and I went with my hometown team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, taking on the Washington Nationals last night. And they broke my heart, so I'm starting from scratch tonight. And I'm going to go against the grain here because the Rockies and Dodgers have played each other four times this season. And the Rockies have had the Dodgers number. They've won three out of four of these games. And the Dodgers are heading to Coors Field to take on the Rockies at home. The Rockies have performed quite well at home, having a winning record. But I'm going to say the Dodgers, it's not going out much on a limb here, but if you look at the statistics going against it, it might be. But I'm going to say the Dodgers get this one done tonight at Coors Field going against the Rockies, and they're going to win tonight. That is my pick. Lock it in. Over to you, Mr. Blaylock. That's money line, right? Money line. As always. Uh, see if you could follow me on this one. Okay. So, uh, as it's been well established, if I go against my gut, um, if I go against my gut, I'm better with my picks. As in yesterday, yesterday I was thinking under Yankees on a, Yankees and athletics. I was thinking under because the Yankees couldn't hit very well. Well, um, yeah, no, that did not happen. So see if you can follow me on this. So the Mets and the Astros, they have not, um, they haven't been scoring too many runs lately. And so I'm sitting there and going, okay, so that means that I should pick the over, since the under, is the obvious choice. But if my gut's telling me to go against my gut, that means I need to go against, against my gut. So <laughs> we're going to go, if you can't follow that, that means that's we're going a lot of, under. We're going under. Astros and Mets are going to score less than eight runs in this game. All right, so lock it in, Astros-Mets. Take the under and take the money line with the Dodgers going against the Rockies at Coors Field. A couple more minutes left. Let's turn our attention to some tennis right now because Serena Williams began and ended her comeback in Wimbledon after one year of singles competition before she got injured last year at Wimbledon. She lost today in what was a thriller of a match, a mouth-watering match. Uh, going against Tan, I believe Harmony Tan of France, I followed this one and went 7-5, 1-6, 7-6. in the tiebreaker in the third, she lost 10-7 to 115th rank Harmony Tan. But Serena did show some signs of brilliance in this match, hitting some big forehands. But she kind of looked tired to me. I watched the highlights. I'm not going to say I sat in front of the TV all day because I did have to work during the day, but she just looked a little bit tired. She did a little bit of doubles last week, and they had to withdraw due to injury. It wasn't because of Serena. It was because of her partner, but she did that as a tune-up, but it didn't look like it tuned her up all the way. Hopefully she stays in, though. I hope this isn't just like a once-a-year type of thing where she comes out for the next five years and plays on the grass up in the All England Club, All England Club in 
Wimbledon, but I think she's good for tennis if she can stay out there. But hopefully her endurance picks up because it looked like she was struggling there towards the end. Carl, bit of a tennis fan at all? Uh, I watch a little bit of it. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it a little bit. I probably would pay more attention to Wimbledon if I could watch it. I mean, a lot of this is when I'm at work, yeah. so I can't really watch very much of it. Um, but I'd say, and I mean, something something with uh, Serena there is the fact that this is her first tournament back, so, you know, the conditioning probably isn't quite there. And who knows? I think the conditioning will get back. I don't think it's ever going to be where it was when she was at her height. I mean, she's had a lot of, she had that injury, and before that injury, I mean, she had a kid. Yeah. She had a child. Like, I mean, that, that, that does that does, that does do some stuff. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. Um, I, I think that she'll work it back up. I don't think she wins another tournament, but I think that she's not done making some noise in some of them. I, don't, I think this is going to be a rare occurrence where it's just she's just getting back from an injury. I think that, you know, if she does Wimbledon next year, she'll make it to the quarterfinals at least, I think. Well, we hope so. Some other big names out there, some big storylines story coming from Wim Wimbledon. American Steve Johnson beat Gregor Dimitrov. Uh, Gregor Dimitrov had to retire in this one in the second set, but he is the 18th seed in this one, so that's a big win for the youngster. Uh, Riley Opeka beat Carlos uh, Tabanier, excuse me, 7-6, 6-4, 6-4, so he beat that 3-0 in sets. Americans faring quite well out there. Jensen Brooksby, the 29th-ranked American, beat Mikhail Kukushin. Uh, Christian Harrison beat Jake Clark in three sets. Sam Quarry, uh, the old-ranking American, fell to Ricardus Brankis in three sets. Jack Salk, the, the big hard-hitting, big-serving American, beat Bernabe Zabata Morales in three sets. Marcos Grion beat the Swiss 24th-ranked Huler Rune in three sets. Mackenzie McDonald beat Nuno Borges in three sets. So, if you're American, you're looking quite good. Rafael Nadal made easy work of Francisco Serralindo in four sets. So, this number two ranked Rafael Nadal getting his first win since the French Open. He's taken off all of tennis since then, saving himself for Wimbledon. He played on center court in front of all the fans out there today. So, that's what's happening on the men's side of things. On the woman's side of things, the biggest news today, Serena Williams in her first tennis match, singles tennis match back in one year's time, falls in a tie break, losing in the third set to Tan, the French woman, 10 to 7. That's all we have for you today. At 8 o'clock, at 8.05 is first pitch between the Cincinnati Reds taking on the Chicago Cubbies. You can listen to all the action here on 97.1 WATH.